Welcome to the Indestructible Podcast, hosted by Danny Connell. Hello, my heroes, and welcome to this week's edition of the Indestructible Podcast, the podcast for the people, the podcast that can never die. I am your host, the Indestructible Danny Kano, and today I'm sitting here with filmmaker, director, Mobilaji Alambiwanu. How are you doing today, Mobilaji? Excellent. Doing well. Glad to be here. Good to hear. Good to hear. Today, we're going to be chatting Mobilaji's new film that's currently showcasing right now at the Lemley in Santa Monica, Ferguson Rises. Now, Mobilaji. I know that the film recounts kind of some events that occurred in Ferguson about seven years ago. If you can maybe jolt some people's memories about what exactly occurred there. Yeah, I mean, essentially, um, a little over seven years ago, um, a a teenager, Michael Brown, um, got into um, some sort of confrontation with uh, police officer Darren Wilson, and uh, that that escalated and led to, um, to his being killed. Um, and then more importantly, it led to, um, you know, you know, I guess more importantly, or but more, more tragically, I guess, it, besides being killed as well, which is a tragedy, but his body was left on the ground for four and a half hours. Um, I think half of that time or so he was uncovered. And so um, we're talking about an apartment building with kids and um, on, you know, on a weekend, um, if I remember correctly, where... Um, where they're walking by. And so the, uh, the trauma to the community, the trauma to those people who live in the apartment building, the outrage, particularly around the uncovered body, um, uh, led people to really say, look, you know, enough's enough. We're tired of being harassed. Uh, we're tired of being um, ticketed for, for no reason. And, uh, and, you know, a lot of people, you know, essentially a lot of that community, you know, two thirds of the community had, you know, had, had warrants, you know, um, for useless things like, you know, tall grass, you know, if you couldn't pay it, you know, fine, because your grass was over a few inches taller than it was supposed to be, that turned into a warrant. So there's a sense that, um, that people who have warrants or people who, um, yeah, who have warrants are, are criminals, but in fact, um, warrants quite often affect the poor and the, and the working class. And so what we, saw, what we saw in Ferguson was that poor and working class people were being exploited um, we're being ticketed for, you know, for ridiculous things. And so then now on top of all that harassment, then this kid is being, is killed. And so that just sort of was the, uh, was the, the match, um, that lit the fire and, uh, had the community really stand up and say, look, we're, we're, we're tired of this. We want to be treated like human beings. Absolutely. And I know that you, Mobilaji, have actually, in fact, a personal connection for why you felt compelled to tell this story. I know that it actually draws from your son. If you could maybe speak a little bit on that. Yeah, I mean, I have a couple personal connections. I mean, I think um, one of the personal connections is that um, at Michael Brown was 18 when he was killed. And, um, you know, I was 19 when I was arrested and framed by the police for a crime that I didn't commit. So that's one connection. So when I saw his body on the street, um, you know, I saw myself at 19. I saw, you know, you know, what, you know, I saw what could have happened if things went extremely wrong in my, with my interaction with police. Um, so I saw myself and then my wife was seven months pregnant with our son um, or our soon to, to be born son. And so, um, so I began to, uh, I saw him, I saw him on the ground and, uh, and, it, and it just, um, there was something about not only seeing myself, but seeing my, my future son on the ground that made me feel like, you know, I have to do something. Um, and, um, and it wasn't, you know, 
my wife was seven months pregnant and not doing well, so I didn't really bring it up to her. Um, and I think, um, you know, fortunately, she also saw the vision and she independently, you know, said, hey, I think you need to go to Ferguson. And, you know, had it not been for her, to, her saying that, we certainly would not have embarked on the journey to go to Ferguson because, you know, again, you know, it was not again, but it was considered a very dangerous place to go. You know, my friends who I did have a friend who was on the ground and she said, you know, bring a bulletproof vest, bring, you know, bring a hard hat, um, you know, because bullets are flying sometimes, uh, either rubber or real. Um, the tear gas, bring a gas mask, she also said, you know, because you just don't know what to expect. And so um, with my first child being, or just about being born, um, or just about to be born, um, you know, it was a very scary time to, you know, to make sure that, you know, I wanted to make sure that I came back, basically. Um, and my wife was really worried about that. But, but we knew that we had to tell the story, because ultimately, I knew that um, when my son was old enough, he was going to ask me, um, what did you do at this crucial moment in history? Um, and I didn't want to tell him that I did nothing. And so this was my way of, of doing something, but also doing it um, in a way that reframes the, the narrative a little bit. Um, so we've all heard the stories or, you know, to some degree about what happened in Ferguson, you know, depending on our age, maybe we know a little bit more than others. Um, but this is less so about what we saw in the news than about the, uh, the human lives that were impacted um, how the community was impacted, how Michael Brown Sr., his father, was impacted. Um, you know, it's about those lives and, and, and a more personal, uh, human way of experiencing those, that news event and looking at, um, at how this community and how this father is, is attempting to find purpose in his pain, um, which, you know, we never really get to see men go through trauma and, and, and walk through and get to the other side or attempt to get to the other side. And so this, you know, those elements make this film really unique because there's no film centered around the father um, mm -hmm. or fathers in general. And mm -hmm. there's, there's no film, uh, a version of this centered around finding purpose in your pain. Um, you know, quite often, most documentaries and most films deal with the pain, but they don't, um, they don't offer you some sense of, of, of hope, some sense of, of possibility um, in spite of all that. And so my goal was to offer my son in a sense and by extension offer the rest of the world a, a way of looking at this that gave them a sense of the uh the resilience of the community the resilience of black people the humanity of black people the humanity of other members of the community and um and also um that gave them a sense that that even if you go through pain um you can find some you know some level of purpose by finding community by becoming active by organizing um and so um the goal was to leave people and my son with a, with a scent, with a, with a little bit of an inkling on, on what to do in the midst of all this kind of tragedy in front of, in the midst of any tragedy. Right. So mm -hmm. I think there's a sense that this is a film about Ferguson. Um, uh, and it is, but it's also, again, a film about um, what do you do in the face of tragedy? How do you find purpose in your pain? And that can apply to people who are black, white, any ethnicity, you know, Latino, whatever it is, because everybody goes through some level of pain and has mm -hmm. to either has to make a choice. Like, am I going to turn this into something that's harmful or am I going to turn this into something that has purpose and that makes a difference in other people's lives and my own? And so we see by Michael Brown's example that um, Michael Brown senior, that is by his example that, uh, that he chose to turn his, his pain into, uh, into something of purpose rather than something that's destructive. And I think that's, um, that's laudable. 
And that's something that um, a lesson that we can all learn from. And I think Mobilaji, touching upon something that you spoke about there is the lives affected by the events that occurred there. I actually had the immense pleasure of getting to see the debut screening of Mobilaji's film, Ferguson Rises, which is currently at the Lemley in Santa Monica. And one of the big takeaways, Mobilaji, was I was really taken with some of the people that you, in fact, interviewed for the project. And I know some of them had kind of contrasting perspectives on what occurred. If you could talk to me a little bit about why that was important to get those multiple perspectives. You know, again, I think we, we get one perspective in the news, but quite often we don't get a diverse amount of perspectives in the news. Um, so being able to give it time meant that we were able to talk to police officers, we were able to talk to black citizens, white citizens, conservatives, liberals, um, activists, um, a broad array of people and include them in the, um, in the film. So we really get a sense of how it impacted them, what their thoughts were about that. Um, and we get to see, um, see them not as villains, um, depending on whatever side we're on, but, but see them as human beings. And I think that's the most important thing, whether or not we agree or disagree with them. I wanted to add an, an element or infuse an element of, uh, of, of humanity there so we could see them um, for who they are, um, which is, I think, people who are, are committed and concerned about their community, no matter what side of the spectrum they're on. Um, I think that was the underlying thing that I discovered in talking to everybody was that everybody was concerned and committed, committed about their community but they were forgetting that the other people were concerned and committed to the community as well. That each person was thinking that they had different um, sort of interests at, at heart, um, when in fact um, they all shared the same interests, which is we want to live in a safe, um, thriving, healthy community. Um, you know, some people felt like we didn't have it. Some people felt like we already had that and we're losing it. But either way, I think um, you know they all had that same commitment. And it's about finding and creating a community that works for everyone. And I think that's where um, the, the, the gap that's missing is that people feel like um, somehow um, it's a zero sum game. If the community works for black people, it's not gonna work for white people, you know, as though the community can't work for all people. You know, and I think that there's, this, there's, this, there's that horrible misconception that somehow there's, there's this scarcity mindset and these, um, you know, that if, if it helps you, I, I have to make sure that, you know, that I take that away from you because, because then it's not helping me. And, um, and I think that's a very sort of, you know, destructive capitalist sort of mindset that, that has us believe that only, only certain people can win. And, um, and that, you know, I think, you know, that's unhealthy really. And that's what we saw on the ground often. And so I wanted to bring a different perspective where we, um, where we've got a sense that we can all win. And Mobilaji, I think, also talking to you after the, your first screening, I was just so impressed with your direction and with your editing on this project that I, I think I told you on the day of that I, I felt that you had been like pro director. Like I was like, wow, this seems like it was already maybe like your fifth film rather than your debut feature. And I know that your debut feature, Ferguson Rises, is in fact a documentary, but were you ever considering possibly having your first feature be a narrative that still yeah. touched upon this sort of topic or... What were you thinking? Yeah, I, I, I was having, I was considering having my first feature be a narrative, um, but at the time I was too lazy to, uh, to write anything. Um, and of course everything had just happened. So it was like, you know, so, you know, if I write it, it's going to be looking, it's, you're going to need enough time and perspective to be able to look back and write it. Um, but at that time it was happening. So, so it was like either, you know, wait, write it later or write something else or, um, or go capture what's happening now. Um, 
I was under the misguided notion that, um, that making a documentary would be easier than making a feature film, um, when in fact um, it is not. Um, you know, even though documentary filmmakers get paid way less, um, making a documentary is, you know, this was almost a seven year process. So, so getting paid way less on something that takes seven years versus something that takes two years, or, you know, or maybe even, you know, if you're including writing a feature or whatever, maybe it takes three years, whatever it is, but, but it certainly doesn't, is not as, uh, as costly and as crew intensive over such a long period of time as a documentary. So um, I came to discover that making a documentary is a lot more difficult, particularly if you don't have a story in mind, you don't know what's happening, things are unfolding in front of you. Um, it takes a long time to process that information and decide which one of those stories you wanna tell which characters you want to follow, you know, takes a long time to establish those relationships. Um, and then, you know, and then quite often, you know, the challenge with documentary is that, um, is that you can't tell people what to say, you can't tell people what to do. Whereas with a feature film, you can, you know, you can say, walk in that direction, stop at that door. You know, in a documentary, you could, you could, you could, you could tell a real person walk in that direction, stop at that door, and then go, well, no, I don't want to. And, you know, or, you know, I'm tired, the day's over for me, I'm, I'm, I'm walking home, and then, you know, you don't get that shot. So, I mean, there were things in the documentary that I wanted to shoot that, you know, that I couldn't shoot because, you know, we're dealing with real people who are tired, who are not actors, who are not getting paid, who are not interested in following directions all the time. Like, you know, so and Michael Brown says it himself, there were days where I would show up to his house and, and he'd be like, you know, uh, we're not ready yet. So I'd say, okay, we'll be outside in the car waiting. And we'd be in the car, one hour would pass, we'd still be in the car. And I'd say, hey, man, are you guys blah, blah, He said, no, no, we're not ready yet. Two hours would pass, three hours would pass, four hours would pass, and we're still in the car outside his house. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you know, I don't think this is going to work today. Um, my wife's not feeling well, blah, blah, blah. And then we'd be like, you know, then that was it. You know, so like, all right, we spent four hours waiting outside. Now we're just going to go shoot some B-roll around the city. I don't know what we're going to, you know, figure out what to do with our time. I got my crew. I'm paying them. You know, they're there. And, you know, but you know, looks like it's not going to happen today. Whereas with actors, you don't, you don't have that, uh, it's not going to happen today thing, you know, but with real people, it, it does. So I think, you know, just dealing with all those, um, those ups and downs and those twists and turns with, um, that happen in, in front of the camera, as well as behind the camera, you know, you, you just, you know, it, it is, it is a very exciting medium in the sense that you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how people are going to react sometimes. So, so that part is exciting, but but yeah, I think a feature film would have been in some ways easier. Um, and, I'm, and I'm looking at doing that at some point. Um, so we'll see. And Mobilaji, I know that Ferguson Rises actually debuted online. If you could talk about how the experience now has been getting to see it in a live screening at a theater with people, what, what has that experience been like for you? Yeah, I mean, that um, the experience of, of being in the theater and seeing it on the big screen, I mean, I think there's nothing that compares to to that, um, you know, we had a 120 person screening, um, theater screening on Sunday, which was, um, which is amazing to see it that big um, with that many people. Um, we were fortunate enough to get a, you know, a standing ovation and all that. It was, it was, it was, it was amazing. And, um, and it just, um, you know, surround sound. I mean, there's nothing, nothing like being in a theater, particularly after, um, you know, or not after during COVID um, when, you know, most of us aren't going out. It was just really good to be out for a change, and and uh, and then good to see the reaction for the audience. Um, 
you know, we debuted online at the Tribeca Film Festival where we won the uh, Audience Award, which was great. But um, but we didn't. I didn't get to see and be with people while while they watched the film. So this is my first opportunity to really see and be with people. Um, we had a private screening for the Brown family, but other than that, um, you know, to see and be with people was um, was really amazing. And I think Mobilaji, you had said that you want to perhaps now kind of do a narrative feature, kind of like going forward. Do you have maybe any like teases for anything that we can look forward to? Not, not yet, not really. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, you know, I, I enjoy the, the, the horror um, genre, but the psychological, political horror genre, not necessarily the, the chop them up, uh, kill them, saw aspect <laughs> of horror, but, um, but you know, I, I certainly enjoy that. Um, you know, I enjoy, um, you know, sci-fi as well, um, a bit more expensive. Uh, sometimes to shoot but yeah um, you know that's just um you know those are the areas that i enjoy and i'm also looking at doing some other documentaries as well because mm -hmm. um there's some more stories i want to tell that i feel like um lend themselves to uh to the documentary um medium as well so we'll see mm -hmm. um i'll keep you all posted <laughs> oh and follow us on at, at follow us at, at ferguson underscore rises on instagram and, and twitter and i guess you'll, you'll you'll hear more about this film um yeah Absolutely. I was actually going to ask Mobilaji, like, where can people find out about you? Where can people find out about the film? Where can they see the film? Right. Um, you can go to um, hopelovebeauty.com, which was the original name, or fergusonrises.com. Either one will lead you to hopelovebeauty.com, which is our, our website. Um, it has a bit more information on there um about the film it has a trailer um it has a place uh, to donate because we're always raising money to keep getting the word out and to travel the festivals um and it, you know it has photographs and um and yeah lots of uh, different information we're going to be building that website out even more to provide you with resources to take action um, as well around uh, the film and to support you with um because it is such a heavy topic i also want to give people something that, um, that supports them um, with their process and their viewing as well after they're done Absolutely. And I think in closing, Mobilaji, I just want to say thank you so much for giving us your time today. I can speak from the heart saying that getting to view your amazing work on the big screen was a transformative experience, getting to view it with an audience that we're all feeling these incredible heavy emotions as we saw these heartbreaking images on a screen was truly something that I'll never forget. So I just want to say, sir, thank you for your work. Your work is, is important and I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, looking forward to, uh, to talking to you more in the future and, and, and here and seeing your work as well. So congratulations on that as well.